Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 281 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm fine. I'm just uh, drinking coffee right now. I want to get a jump start on getting my sleep schedule ready to watch uh, the pay-per-view this weekend at like five in the morning. <laughs> that sounds like fool's work. I'm not going to be up. I got like a real life to live. I could avoid spoilers. I did good like last week and the week before um, because my wife had just come home from her business trip and then Madam Webb, of course. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, if you just stay off social media and don't talk to anyone, you won't be spoiled. You know, it's not like what happens on an episode of Dynamite or what's going to happen at the Elimination Chamber is going to make like national headlines. It'll be very easy to avoid. I'll wake up Saturday morning um you know my normal saturday morning time which is like 8 30 i'll put on the, the uh watch la night win the elimination chamber <laughs> and you know yeah sure <laughs> yeah i i can guarantee you joe even if you check social media you will not see a post that ruins la night winning the elimination chamber for you, you. don't think so no i don't all think right. so all right unless they're he's doing gonna do it some sort of life. you don't think he's gonna do some sort of spectacular dive or some great feat of daring do in the match. Uh, over two. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be very entertaining. Okay, that's all I ask for. Yeah, he'll have the crowd say "L.A. Night" while he points and yeah. Which again, you know, low bar, but it's fine. Sound yeah. yeah. like it was going to play a second time there. Sorry about that. It was worth it. Go, you know, play one more time. You're all fine. Right. I'll say whoever edited these clips did a shit job of them. I'll just say that. <laughs> Gotta fire that person. You know, no. it's, it's probably the same person that scans the pages for preview in the past. No, that's a different person. He's supposed to give me a lesson on how to do it properly because I have. It's all the same team, though. Uh, yes, it's all the same brain trust, if you will. Speaking of which, uh, how was your first day back again? Again. Uh, to the world of the employed. Um, again, I don't know how much we talked about it last week. I don't know how much you're willing to uh, divulge, you know? Well, you know, it is rather confidential. You know, I, I don't like to talk about the fact that I'm working in sports and entertainment. But, uh, you know, I have almost an entire week of work under my belt now between last Friday and this week. And, uh, you know, like any job after two days, I was like, I fucking hate this. I want to go back to not working. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's going so far so good. Other than the having to wake up before 11 a.m. and having to drive past your neck of the woods is not fun, but I get a lot of podcasts done on the road and at work. So that's nice. Yes. Uh, having a, having a job where I get to watch and listen to a lot of stuff is very beneficial. Um, I think more important questions again, without ruining the integrity of your job here in the banter portion of the show. Um, <laughs> how are they with smoke breaks? Uh, I haven't pushed the limit, but I, I have, received no opposition so far okay I, i'm not smoking at the frequency that i did while i was importing and exporting which was pretty much every half hour on the half hour right. you know, set a little alarm but uh you know maybe every hour and a half depending on how busy i am and what's the lunch break what do they give you an hour half hour 45 minutes or just whatever you need uh, it's pretty much whatever I need, but I just take a half hour. Gotcha. Uh, there is a comic shop down in that area and uh, a baseball card shop down in that area that I want to peruse, and they mm -hmm. both close before I get out of work. So I might take a longer lunch one of these days and go go check those places out. Gotcha. And well, again, 
one week say- di- one week down i'm very proud of you i'm very happy <laughs> thanks another week and i'll pass the last jobs record <laughs> yes i just so you know i have the over all right oh thank you yeah this one this one i think is a safe bet you can bet the over on all right i'm gonna make no money on the under <laughs> absolutely very long show today joe we got lots of stuff to talk about maybe we'll see let's get into it yep and now at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history So when I send Adam the show notes, I include a lot of things, but it's not like we're going to go over every everything, but it's just like, I just want to make sure I have everything that happened on this day in wrestling history, but there isn't a lot of clips per se, but there's long clips. How about that? All right. And I have something to remind me at the end of this day in history. I have something to tell you regarding this. All right. So uh, on this day in wrestling history, 31 years ago, yes, we're all very old. Uh, on a live edition of Monday Night Raw, we are on the road to WrestleMania, and in a six-man tag match, pitting Shawn Michaels and the Beverly Brothers against the Nasty Boys and the undefeated Native American superstar Tatanka, <laughs> Tatanka pins Shawn Michaels in this match to set up their match at WrestleMania. Well, Shawn's very giving. He's always been known to be so, and you know... Put over the young guy, the young upstart. This was hastily thrown together because I know you're going to be surprised by this. Marty Jannetty had been fired. What? Yes. Such a good soldier. How'd that happen? This this will not be the first time nor the last time that we mentioned Marty Jannetty's hiring and refiring when we look back 31 years ago in the world of uh, WWE. All right. Looking forward to it. The main event of this episode of Raw was The Undertaker taking on Skinner. And the show just ended without a finish. And when next week's show came on, they never mentioned who won or who lost. <laughs> that's I nice assume it was The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah that's a probably safe bet. Yes. They didn't touch on, on like superstars or anything like that? No, not nary a mention anywhere. Mm. It's not like you can go to WWE.com at the time. Right. But the big thing that happened on this episode of Monday Night Raw... As we talked about last week on the taped episode, Money Incorporated with their heinous attack on Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. So heinous that it caused Jimmy Mouth's heart to turn sides, join up with the goodies. But again, we're on the road to WrestleMania 9 specifically. If we've got Jimmy Hart and we've got Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake, only one man can be lurking behind it. You tell me when you're ready to cut this off. Oh, God. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you can cut it off. <laughs> oh, come on. And let's not wait any longer. Here he is, Hulk Hogan! So weird seeing Bad Terry come out. Yeah. At the Manhattan Center of all things, right? Yeah. Probably told people that 100,000 people were in that arena. It was that night. Mm. 
this is making a nostalgia for that new gen entrance. I know a guy that's selling one, Joe. <laughs> oh, look at that great sign. <laughs> Hulkster, please tell us what we want to hear. Come on! Well, you know something, Vincent, man. The first thing I want to say, look at all my Hulkamaniacs here on Monday Night Raw. If Hulkamania's not running wild, you tell me what is. Is Hulkamania running wild? Wilder than ever! No one's more happy than Hulk's back than Vince. I know. Well, you know, Vincent, man, there are a lot of things I want to talk about, brother. And the first thing I want to talk about is what happened out here last Monday night on Raw. As I was sitting home in my beach house on Venice Beach, California, in front of my TV, I was waiting for one of the greatest comebacks of all time. My best friend hit this ring last Monday night. And I was grinning from ear to ear, brother. As I watched Brutus the Barber Beefcake outstrut the multi-million dollar man, as I watched Brutus the Barber Beefcake out-wrestle the multi-million dollar man, I was happy as could be. But all of a sudden, my smile changed to fear, brother, as I saw that no-good IRS sneak out of the back. And the next thing I knew, with that metal briefcase over his head, and Ted DiBiase had Brutus hooked, I saw what I couldn't believe with my own eyes. I saw that briefcase come across this ring faster than a speeding bullet, brother. And as Brutus got the crush of all times in his face, the noise was so well, loud on my TV. Crush. I had to turn my head, brother, because I knew at that point in time, Brutus Beefcake's face was crushed into a million pieces, dude. But Brutus guys clapping is for okay. It. <laughs> that's the good news, brothers. Oh, yes, sir, that's the good news. The thing is, Brutus's pretty little nose is just bent up a little bit, and as far as I'm concerned, he looks more like a wrestler than he ever did. But the thing that tears me apart inside is not what they did to Brutus Peefcake, it's what they tried to do to him, brother. And right now, I want to publicly thank two people for last Monday Night Raw, brother. The big man upstairs who has been with Brutus Beefcake since day one, all the way through the first accident, and all the way to what could have been the nightmare of all times. I want to thank the big man, first off, for being with Brutus. And the second person I want to thank, as crazy as this may sound to all my Hulkamaniacs, is I saw the brother lay his body on the line and stop the million dollar man from the second blow to Brutus's face, which could have been an all in all out horror show. So I want to thank Jimmy Hart personally. All right. So I'm going to stop it there. I'm making the executive decision. <laughs> I was going to let you go with it as long as you wanted to. Uh, there's other stuff that I want to play that's, you know, much more painful. But uh, he brings out Brutus, he brings out Jimmy. Um, you know, they're in the full red and yellow because they're sick of fans. Uh, they make the challenge for WrestleMania to take on Money, Inc. Uh, but again, a big star making his return after being off TV, live television, maybe bumbling and stumbling through a promo. I'm sure this will be the last time this comes up uh, on this episode of uh, At Odds With Wrestling. 
it's possible. And like you mentioned, Vince was super excited to see Hulk back. You know, he hasn't been on TV for a while. And since this was before cell phones exist, do you think Vince had to show Terry Polaroids to get him back? Or <sighs> I'm sure there were promises made. I can speculate where those um, Polaroids may have been kept a little bit later on here, dude. <laughs> um, but also on this day in wrestling history, I got no clips for this, but on this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago, doing my gazentas here, uh, was WCW Super Brawl 8 from San Francisco, California. Okay. Uh, some of the matches on this show, you know, Goldberg's now a baby face. He takes on Brad Armstrong. we got to inflate those numbers. Um, Sting against Hollywood Hogan for the vacant WCW championship. You know, the WCW championship that Sting beat Hogan for at Starcade. Mm-hmm. And then they had a disputed finish. So that was December. The title's been vacant for the last two months. Sting ends up winning the rematch, right? Sure. Now, I bring this up because it's on this day in wrestling history, 26 years ago at Super Brawl. Chris Jericho took on Juventud Guerrera. Chris Jericho putting the juicer weight title on the line. To, and Juventud Guerrera put his mask on the line, right? Yep. And, you know, they put over the importance and what the mask means to the luchadors and everything else like that. And I remember watching this pay-per-view and when they took the mask off Juventud Guerrera... I had the same reaction that many other people said. Hooventude's a very good-looking boy. <laughs> yeah, suddenly got hot in here, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, right? So I only bring this up because almost a year later to the day, at the following year's pay-per-view, they set up Kevin Nash and Lex Luger to take on Conan and Rey Mysterio, putting Rey's mask on the line against Elizabeth's hair. And Ray would lose, and Ray loses the mask, and Ray looks just like a little boy. He don't look like a good-looking little boy like Hooventude did. And obviously, because that's 25 years ago, Eric Bischoff got to relitigate this on his podcast this week. And, like, Eric Bischoff sits there and says into a microphone, and no one questions him and says, like, yeah, you know, I, I thought by having Ray unmasked, you know, all the other luchadors were masked, and... It would make him stand out as the only unmasked luchador and, you know, it would help him emote with his face. And we didn't really, I didn't at the time really understand the importance and the gravity of the masks in Lucha Libre. <laughs> well, Eric was still new to wrestling at this point, you know, yeah. business yeah. for you know, 10, he, 15 years. You know? Yeah. Again, he'd only been in the, right. He'd only been in the business at that point for 15 years in charge of WCW for six years at that point, done the same exact angle on the same exact pay-per-view a fucking year beforehand and <laughs> saw that it didn't work. It didn't elevate Juventud Guerrero to the next level. So it's like, well, that wasn't the problem. It was the problem that we didn't do it with the biggest star, right? Yeah. And why stop at just Rey Mysterio? Just keep on masking a bunch of them. Exactly. But that's what happened on the pay-per-view. We need to happen, talk about what happened on the Nitro, because that's where we line up, right? Mm-hmm. Now, as, as he further slips and slips down the card, um, again, he still does get some promo time, and I would not be remiss to pass up an opportunity. There's that word again. Oh, sorry. I, was, I saw Jericho on my screen, and I was very excited. To play a Chris Jericho <laughs> promo... He wrestled Perry Saturn the night before at the pay-per-view. 
Jericho won, and as the stipulation of the match, Perry Saturn now has to wear a dress. All right. Where are we? Chris Jericho and and Ralph. <laughs> they're together. And we need to talk about what happened last night with Saturn. Welcome to Monday Night Jericho. Ralph's wearing a prom dress. Yes. <laughs> you know, let me talk about that cross-eyed, cross-dressing freak, Saturn. You know, Perry Klinger, I gave you a chance yesterday to redeem yourself, to reclaim your manhood, to salvage your faltering career and get out of that ridiculous frock that you like to wear. But you walked away. <laughs> you left. It made me wonder, you really must be sick in the head. You really must be demented. You really must be, if you know what I'm screaming. Hmm. Klinger, I'm telling you, get out of your outfit. I don't like it. Ralphus doesn't like it. And most importantly of all, all of these wonderful Jericho-holics don't like it either. Ditch the dress, Daddy-o! I feel like I've asked this before, but is Ralph is still alive? Like, shouldn't he do conventions if he is? No, Ralph is, unfortunately, has he passed several years ago. Oh, all right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I there was another clip I was uh, not going to play. That was, you know, Jericho decided to try to be as, you know, a little bit more subtly uh, offensive there. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, obviously we, we'd been hyping it up and I spoiled it on the uh, Patreon show. And, you know, that mystery woman, Samantha, Tori, or Tori, whatever her name was, we get the big payoff. And one of the masked men come down at the pay-per-view, shock sticks Ric Flair, costing the match with Hulk Hogan. And that masked man is revealed to be none other than his own son, David Flair. Now, question on this pay-per-view clip that we're not going to see, was was Sammy slash Tori there? Well, uh, yes, she was, but they didn't focus so much on her because we're going to watch and we're going to talk about the next night on Nitro, of course. Tony Schiavone has known David Flair his entire life. Tony Schiavone is going to attempt to talk some sense into David Flair for his actions from the night before. And Adam, I will say to you, you all remember, we've, we've uncovered it here on the show, um, you know, obviously the famous, racist, horrible DX Nation parodies, right? Yes. And then we've talked about the other ones that we don't talk about because they were not like racist, they were just bad. Mm -hmm. We all know the NWO parody, The Horseman, the famous one, you know, My Spot, Liver Spot, the whole thing, right? Yes. Do you remember this NWO Horseman parody? I don't. Think that, yeah, maybe. Your problem is showing up in the limousine here in a few moments. We'll be going to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and his arrival fans. In, oh, hold on a second. I'm told now that Flair's limousine has arrived at the building. Let's go out to our camera crew right now. There's a long clip, but we're watching the whole thing. What's wrong, sir? 
Somebody get Kevin Bad Terry a bigger TV. Oh, what is this? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, sweet Jesus. Base Mountain, what's that about anyway? Here's a ride. You are so hot, honey. Screw your dad. God, he's nothing compared to you. Oh, God. Space Mountain, I just don't get that. You are Wrestling so fans, hot. very sad situation last night at Super Bowl. Reminds me of a good friend of mine, Sal Manila. David Blair, what on earth were you thinking? Well, you know what? I am the new and improved Space Mountain. The new and improved Space Mountain. Wait just a minute. Art Anderson. I'm like an uncle to <laughs> you. Let me tell you something right now. I was the one that brought you in on this. Let me tell you something. You young man have put me on the spot. You have put him on the spot. I'm not talking about a dog spot, liver spot, spot on a Caught on your back where you gotta go see the dermatologist. I've had spots like that before. I'm not talking about a liver spot, Gene. What type of spot are you talking about, Art Anderson? I'm talking about a spot with Nature Boy. You know, I've been having this tire iron for a long time. Watch this. Is that not the best thing you've ever seen? But I'll tell you what, David. Art Anderson! David Blair, what are you doing? He is like a father to you. I just want to say a couple of things right here because I'm the hot rod and they call me <laughs> that because I got six kids. And you know what? I'm a little bit sick of you. I'm disgusted with you. He's disgusted. And, and you, you hussy, go back on the street corner where they found you. You know, this, this, there ain't this, no street corners like that in Rome. Rome, Georgia, Arn Anderson is from Rome, Roddy Piper. This is disgusting. Wait a minute, fans. I'm hearing now. Let me introduce to you at this time the 13-time world heavyweight champion, the one only nature Rick Flair. Woo! Mean! Woo! By God! Woo! Gene! That's me. I'm a kiss-stealing, limousine-riding, well, Learjet-driving son of a gun, brother. The poor horseman. Yeah, and you know, if Hollywood Hogan didn't make so much money, if Hollywood Hogan didn't control wrestling, if Hollywood Hogan wasn't the greatest wrestler on the planet, I wouldn't have got my brains beat out last night. And even with the four horsemen, with Bongo Mongo, Uncle Arn, and those other couple little Shetland ponies watching my back. I had to go back to Charlotte, North and South Carolina, all points in between, in disgrace. Because even though I danced all night, uh -oh, and I did danced a dance. longer, and I stripped it down, it and could stop me any longer. <laughs> yeah. I still went home a beast man. Just There's only two and a half more minutes left. Wow. Oh, minute. Jesus Christ. heavyweight titles, I lost the Hollywood Hogan. And that's Virgil dressed as Wildcat Willie, by the way. How yeah. much did that shirt right. cost? This is an Armani Gucci. Poochie, smoochie, shark, and who cares? Because I'm the nature boy. I'm the wheeling, dealing, kiss dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Woo! Woo! 
Our what Anderson. about four horsemen? Are they gonna live forever or what? Rick Flair, Whoa! your son, David Flair, wearing the red and black. Well, that's just got me so upset. I don't know why I'm yelling and screaming, but I am. Let me take these shoes. How much do those shoes cost? Those shoes are about $3,000 a piece. Wait a minute. more money than a barn drank last night. You hey. are trying to take your pants off. Dory Funk, the Briscoes, and a bunch of other people nobody Har ever remembers. Harley Race and all them guys. That nobody you cares. are not hey, wearing pants. You, all of you guys are a disgrace to this business. You have no respect for tradition. And I just want to say, I just want to say, the are riding I'm, again. I'm, I'm disgusted by the whole thing. I ain't leaving until my son, Not I don't care if he forgives me. Oh, who cares about handcuffs? I'm going to stay here all night long because I don't care if he comes back to the family. I don't care if he comes back to Charlotte. I'm going to handcuff myself to this beautiful little filly because Rick Flair, the nature boy, is in heat. And until he gives me a chance to give her a ride on that old Space Mountain. A 60-minute man. <laughs> well, watch, Nature Boy. Hold on, fans. Watch it, Nature Boy. Hold on. We cannot. second win, just like I do every night when I go out of the town. My family's not around. Up all night, stay a little longer. Stay all night, stay a little longer. The four horsemen are dead forever longer. Space Mountain, Ric Flair, don't forget about me. I love you. Woo! You can Woo! find out what happened between what Corey the Wilson. The penny loafer shuffle. I mean, look at these legs. There's With that dance. Young girls, and I'm old enough to be their father. Want to be with me? Look at the dance, fans. This issue far too sensitive to talk about on television. But you can call the hotline, and we'll give you all the lurid details. Ah, <sighs> it from Georgia. Go there sometime. There's 640 people. Woo! <laughs> It started off so good with, uh -huh. with, with Tori, and like then it just devolved into into that, and that brings me to what I was going to ask you about at the end. And I don't know if you have anything else to play, but uh, I do not from we, Nitro, but from Raw. Sure, we will not have a regularly scheduled episode next week. And as the historians of this era of wrestling, I feel like we would be negligent if we did not show or play any relevant Tory clips on next week's show or on the following week's show that would have taken place next week. If that makes sense. I had no less than uh, two Tory clips, one from thunder and one from the pay-per-view that I opted not to play. You son of a bitch. Well, okay. next, the next time we record, I want at the very least, whatever would have happened on next week's show. All right. Fair enough. Because you can't make me sit through a five-minute promo Seven. of Bad Terry pretending six minutes, Bad Terry pretending to be Ric Flair, and not re re reward me with Tori Wilson. All right, fair enough. All right, so that's your extra assignment when you get back. All right, I'll make sure that we have all the Terry uh, or the the Tor any Tory clips. And listen, <laughs> the Tory clips that we're gonna get are long, boring clips. Of Tori sitting in a limousine with uh, with Kevin Nash. See, well, I got to admit, and uh, Bad Terry, right? Uh huh. I mean, now, she's there. I'll, I'll watch. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Now, again, not to say that anything's not going on over on Raw. Okay. Mm -hmm. How could so, they top that? 
Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna start you in slow, okay? Rock, please. Rock, please. Table, I got to admit, we've received. We've received a ton of email this past week, and Sable, a lot of fans are taken aback at your recent air of confidence. Oh, Kevin, I think you misunderstood. They weren't taken back. They admired it. Whoa. In fact, they admire everything Sable does. No doubt no, about sir. it. Hey! Did you see me on Regis and Kathy Lee? Yes. I was to die for. Tell it! She was. Well, certainly, Sable, you are. Well, look who's here. Hi, honey. Can we Come know on. her? Come on up here. She, she, she's been following Sable around for weeks. Again in the front row. Come she's on a in. stalker. She must have her own personal bail bondsman. She's an admirer of Sable's. Number of times she's come into the ring just to get close to Sable. And she's been thrown out. You know, maybe I was a little hard on you last week. So, um, what's your name? Tori. Tori. Bad Tori. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. What is it about Sable that you find so fascinating? Let me cut the waist. Sable, you are so beautiful, graceful, athletic, powerful. I mean, I, I adore everything about you. Yeah. Well, Tori... You are pathetic. Oh, oh, come on. Wait a minute. And you need to get a life. I am sick and tired of all you wannabes trying to live your life through me. Wow. How sad. Now hit the road, skank. Oh. Well, look, I know at least she's being honest. Hey, King, wait a minute. Here comes Luna, the superstar who wants nothing more than to be WWF Women's Champion. In fact, you know, King, in an interview on Access Hollywood, Luna says it's not about looking pretty. Not Access Hollywood had Luna Vachon. Elizabeth, wrestling was hot. WWF Women's title. Well, what else could she say? Look at her. Tell you something. And this time, this time, please. Try to understand. We can't all, unfortunately, we can't all be as beautiful as you. All women cannot be sable. Say that again. Some of us just have to deal with the cards that were dealt. But we don't use people. And the only reason you are the WWF Women's Champion is because of your looks. That's a lie. 
Whoa. She's a great athlete. I love the Sable heel turn, by the way. That's why we're playing Well, this. Luna. Boo hoo. <laughs> you know, first of all, I don't care about all the women. I only care about the men. Yay! <laughs> yes! This is refreshing, Michael. And as far as the cards you've been dealt, maybe you need to reshuffle the deck. Now hit my music! <laughs> Man! Hey, she's, she's being honest! No woman really cares about another woman when it comes to men! Well, she may be being honest, but... <gasps> oh! What a vicious shot! Man! What in the world is... Happening? Oh, another one! She got a bone! Last week, Sable verbally abused the fan. She did it again this week, and now she's physically abusing both Luna and that fan there. I like it. Hit him again. Give him a party shot. King, what is going on with Sable? I mean, this is unlike her. Well, it's kind of really like her. But I'll say this. At the same time, we have two all-time world wrestling, or two all-time performers on both shows in David Flair and Sable. And I would say they're about the same. I want to say that first of all, those those shots were so vicious that neither one of the competitors are selling them like six seconds later. Right. And is it like page one of the wrestling booking play playbook uh, when you're booking women's wrestlers to just have like an obsessed super fan? Yes. Be part of the storyline. Like, yes. You know, I feel like, all right, how many of them are, you have obviously Maria, uh, Mariah May, you have uh, Mickey James, you have this Tory, there's probably like a dozen more. I would certainly say so. Yeah. Um, but, again, like I said, we're st- we're ramping up. Remember last week, Hardcore Holly debuts himself with the name Hardcore. We get the return after being off TV for six months of Bart Gunn. And we set up the match here, and, and I said that we would be visited by more ghosts of the brawl for all this week. <laughs> Excellent. These two used to be friends. What now? Hey! <laughs> what is that? A sack of flour, King! He's hey, hardcore. Look at this. He's oh, kick to the midsection. Look at all that Spectrox. Oh, Wait a <laughs> who's minute now. Oh, who's this? What the hell is this? Oh, who is this? Possibly the fruit vendor. I don't know. Whoa, look at Wait that. Wait a minute, no! Look at this, he's attacking Bart Gunn! Oh! Bart Gunn 15 feet into a table! Bart Gunn may be out cold! Out cold, he may be dead, look at this! Someone wearing a mask attacked Bart Gunn from out of nowhere! Who is it? No, in no hurry to get away. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all an offensive mask at all, too. <laughs> the, the ill-fated return of Dr. Death Steve Williams. Yes. No, I know. <laughs> well, this is his time, you know? He's finally going to get that main event push, you know? Go after Stone Cold. Draw a billion dollars. I I know the Dr. Death Steve William uh, figure with the gear that he never uh, debuted. Who is like one of the most notorious peg warmers yeah. in wrestling figure history. Uh-huh. I want a custom or I want an elite of Dr. Death <laughs> in that outfit with that like removable mask. 
Yeah, a two and one, you know? Yes. You have like the removable, like that red jumpsuit comes off and he's got his wrestling trunks underneath. Yes. There you go. Um, but our main event on Monday Night Raw, Kane versus Undertaker in a match that we're running back from just 10 months prior in pay-per-view. We're giving you an Inferno match on Monday Night Raw. But as it was during this time, the match itself is the backdrop for something much, much bigger. These flames now leap high in the air. The heat is so intense here at ringside, you can feel it. Look at this. Oh! Undertaker tossed out of the ring. Kane now. I can't believe it. I, I don't understand what what made Mr. McMahon leave. He's left. What, what was it? Kane just like, shit. Oh my gosh. Kane flew 15 feet through the air. What is that that Vince has? This is a teddy bear. Mr. McMahon still clutching that teddy bear as Kane is in deep trouble outside the ring. But Mr. McMahon, his focus isn't even focused on this match anymore. He's in a catatonic state, Mr. McMahon. He's just standing there. Who is somebody in the WWE right now that can have an Inferno match? Because I want it. The only way to win this matchup. Christ. I know. This is like such a cool setup. I wish they did it more often, you know? Yeah. Mr. McMahon oh. isn't even worried about this match. He's worried like about LA Knight versus uh, Logan Paul, WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, it just fits right into their flame gimmicks, yeah? Brought to you by like Red Hot Sauce or some shit like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Slim Jim has has like a spicy new flavor they want. Wrapped up in a black gift box by Paul Bear. And as soon as Mr. McMahon laid eyes on that bear, it just—it was in shock. Look at this! His foot's on, on fire in a very controlled way. <laughs> Stop it. Loser, put it out. Kane's on fire. Help me. The Undertaker. But Mr. McMahon is oblivious to what just happened. This is a taped draw, and I was trying to look to see where Kane stepped in the goo for his uh, foot there to get caught on fire. Yeah. Well, it was probably pre-treated. Right. That's true. King, he is oblivious to the fact that King. What is this? Why? 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 No! No! The Undertaker, what is he doing? No! No! King, the, the Undertaker has brought the owner of this company to his knees. I don't remember that that bear at all. Is that like the the sled from Citizen Kane or something like that? I don't. Well, the, again, it all will be revealed in due time. But it would be who that bear belonged to and how the Undertaker was able to get that bear. And uh, okay. this is the beginning of the Vince McMahon face turn. 
Oh, that will definitely stick, and he won't be revealed to be anything that was behind anything. Right. <laughs> now, let's flash forward, Adam, to eight years ago. All right. I'm not playing the whole segment. I don't give a shit about the Vince, Vince McMahon Sr. Uh, award for uh, Legacy of Excellence. But after being gone from the World Wrestling Entertainment for seven years, Shane McMahon has returned to the WWE. All right. And it's 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 kismet how these things work out. 25 years ago, we get the thing with the bear, and it's, you know, it's delivered, you know, the whole thing, and now here it is. You know, however many years in between those two incidents happening on the same day wrestling history. And uh, let me, since you don't actually understand what's going on here, do, do you want to tell her, or do you, do you want me to? Good morning, Stephanie. The time or the place. Well, I think, no, no, we don't have to get into all the gory details. I hear she's this single. This is definitely the time, and this is definitely <laughs> the place. Yes, let's, let's get this out here. What is oh, it? Several years ago, your father messed up big time. Several years ago, he did? <laughs> yeah, just once. <laughs> just once? Okay. Huge. And who was there to save the day? Me. Oh, so this is what happened, because you don't know. Your father and I, we cut ourselves a little deal. And in that... Vince cutting deals? Okay. that deal, I was able to do lots of things that I wanted to do. I was able to take some time off. I was able to build some businesses. But one thing's for sure, Stephanie, I never lost my place in line. He got some gifts, maybe, some trips. <laughs> This is absolutely ridiculous. Nothing happens in WWE's business that I don't know. Oh, oh really? Actually, I understand this is a tough pill for you to swallow, and believe me, it's a tough spot. But you don't know what you don't know. But know this. The reason you've been able to climb so high thus far is because I let it happen. Uh, we'll have a conversation is later it true, on. Dad? Right, we're going to have a conversation. Is this true? And, and the award will be presented to you backstage. Uh, is it true? There's some truth to it, okay? But we need to talk about... Get your... It's all true. You know what it was, Stephanie? At the time, um, it was best for business. I want control of Monday Night Raw. I'll give you what you want. How's that? What's the catch? Uh, well, it's not really a catch. I'll give you what you want. Um, as long as you have one match one night an opponent of my choosing i'll tell you where and when and who so what about it shano huh everybody's happy to see shano back you got a deal well before you leave just how strong are you shano because i'm gonna name a place i'm gonna name an opponent almost as big as your ego not quite almost as big and the place in the time is going to be wrestlemania 
and your opponent is going to be the Undertaker. Just so you can't take your ball and run home like you have before, this match will be in hell and a sack. Now, I looked everywhere for the actual clip, and it's been scrubbed from everywhere, the original recording. But Shane in the promo mentions that there's a lockbox that has secret information in it that Vince doesn't want to get out. (laughs) I can't imagine why that sort of stuff would have been scrubbed from the internet. (laughs) Do you think that there was, like, a list of things that, should there be a controversy, that they would immediately go and scrub? Like, a a predetermined list of of things like the lockbox reference, where they're like, all right, if Vince ever gets in trouble, press this button, and it'll automatically uh, replace all of the Peacock versions to, like, something that's been scrubbed. Well, I'll say this. It's like like execute order 66 type of deal. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that's out there that's very incriminating, but I definitely think watching this segment here from eight years ago, that Vince definitely has a humiliation kink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, again, it's it's just crazy. Like, the, the so the teddy bear ends up being Stephanie's, and that's how Stephanie becomes, like, a regular on-screen character 25 years ago, and then... You know, there we were eight years ago, Shane had been gone, and he's back, and there's a mystery, mysterious lockbox that never gets brought back up again. And, you know, Vince, Ma- we never found out what the mistake Vince made was, at least in storyline at the time. I think maybe we have in the last, like, year or so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, it, I love when stuff like this lines up, you know? Yeah, I wonder when is it going to line up where we're going to get the Shane McMahon like Fight Club stuff from the pandemic. That's what I want to read. Oh, I, I think that's like too new, you know? Yeah. Like there's been a couple times where we talked about like a dynamite from a year ago. And that's only because like something like enormous happened on it. Like, did we talk about was it like the, that in unhinged Cody promo right before he left AEW? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So. <laughs> so like, you know, I think like uh, like five years is the limit, you know? Fair enough. Well, we're getting there close. I mean, Jesus. All right. Anything else? No, that's all I got for clips. You said you had something else you wanted to mention. Oh, no. I was going to mention the fact that you have to uh, give me Tori Wilson clips from the lost week of the show. All right. I will. I will. Yeah. That's all I wanted to make sure that I mentioned. That's all. From here on out, just like any Jericho segments that happen in the week, if there's a Tori Wilson segment, it'll be included. All right, I appreciate that. You know, and again, a, just because a, for historical purposes. Right, and it's a ways off. You know, I don't think it happens until the summer, but when they start doing the Nitro Girl competition stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> now, again, I will also say, on the episode of Nitro from this week, from 25 years ago, they were hyping up that we were going to see scenes from the upcoming Nitro Girl swimsuit calendar shoot pay-per-view. Oh! <gasps> But those clips were not included in the version that was on the network, and I couldn't find them uploaded anywhere safely. Mm. I need to find that. I think we brought that up before. I think that there's, like, VHSs of that show out there yes. on, like, eBay, used ones. I sh- oh. All right. How used are we <laughs> talking? Plan. What's that? How used are we talking? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll, new plan. Buy one of those those copies digitize it and then that's that'll be next week's episode when you're gone all right all right 
Hey, do you mind if I go first for this week? Yes, you go first. I I rambled on with all the the history stuff, so you go for it. It's fine. Speaking of ancient history, Joe, a long, 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 long time ago was this past week's Friday Night SmackDown. (laughs) I just want to say I'm going to be in the minority on this. The Rock is the goddamn coolest, man. Like, he came out, he did the Bloodline promo. It went on way too long. People say it was corny. People are saying that, like, oh, he's calling the crowd trailer trash. That's such low-hanging fruit. I don't care. It's The Rock. It's The Rock in his silly, fake, expensive shirt healing the crowd i'm not even doing a bit like i was happy to see heel rock come back and i i get it it's not like of this time it feels out of place especially for these people that just grew up with modern wwe but man i i I love the rock so he's a damn coolest he's playing all the hits and it's like you don't get mad at acdc when they come out and they play back in black no you're you're not like oh come on come up with something new and this is what we got we got the rock coming out playing all the hits still freaking cool man um in theory yes okay Mm-hmm. But he he's trying to be heel rock and Hollywood rock and bloodline rock. Like if he's a heel, he's not supposed to come out and show the goosebumps on his arms to show how the crowd cheering from is affecting him. I get there's been clips of him afterwards, him going out and glad handing and hugging and kissing babies when the cameras are off, right? Well, I'll I even don't know kind if you know of- this. He he he's playing a role, Joe. I understand that. And again, maybe The Rock should know his role and, like, not stumble and stammer through his promo because I get it. Maybe somebody new does that, you know? Maybe it's a taped show and you could do a second take. But, like, The Rock definitely sounds like he lost his fastball and he's maybe just got a slider now. And listen, that's okay. Not everybody's great their entire lives. And I get that he goes just seeing The Rock's name and his picture at a wrestling show and the chance to get it, you know, to hear the music and cheer for the rock and him to call you a candy ass and cut promos where he says that Seth is Cody's girlfriend. And, you know, like the hits, you know, the stuff that we love about the rock, you know, the the latent homophobia and sexism and just weirdness. Right. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb and say, I'm still fine with it. Okay. Now the bigger problem I have with all this is, is by, Doing such a poor job of booking the main event for WrestleMania this year, have you seen all the fan theories about The Rock's promo? I, I've seen like like the fact that he was he accidentally threw up the wrong finger, like he threw the guns up, like he's in the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, like <laughs> that really means that he's like gonna turn on Roman. Plus, I heard the full dissection of the bit over on Final Wrestling Place with okay. Uh, yeah, with um, guest starring Brett. So I heard all that. So maybe if you booked a coherent storyline that made sense, you wouldn't have people picking apart these storylines for like The Rock's basic flubs and maybe not looking at the right camera when he's cutting his lines or them cutting to the wrong camera when, oh, he was looking at Roman when he said the, and that means whatever, right? Hey, you know what? The more and more they do stuff like this, the more and more I don't care about the main event. Now, I will say, uh, there is rumor and innuendo, and we don't you know, deal in rumor and innuendo here on the show. 
where there's a hot rumor going around that WWE is making a play to get some sort of involvement at WrestleMania with Sylvester Stallone. Mm -hmm. And one, I can imagine that that was probably supposed to be Phil and Sylvester Stallone. So Sylvester Stallone can explain the plot of Rocky two to Phil for the first time. (laughs) Um, But I can imagine it's going to be some sort of skit with Rocky and the rock, you know, with, you know, Cody's like, well, you have the rock. Well, I've got Rocky, Sylvester Stallone or whatever it is. And that's got me a little bit more interested because Sylvester Stallone seems like a nice enough guy, right? But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not loving the build to the main event at WrestleMania this year. It's almost like it was all flawed from the start. <laughs> well, yeah. again, if you have Cody win the Royal Rumble and he points at the guy he wants to challenge... Yeah, And then the next three weeks is you adding nonsensical twists and turns in there. Like, what are we doing, guys? Yeah. And as far as WWE fans trying to find stuff in a promo that isn't there, I mean, that's not new with this Rock, Cody, Roman stuff. You know, like, if you remember when Bray came back and people were like, ooh, who's the Wyatt Six? You know, oh, I bet you it's this person's going to be this. And then, like, you're going to have all the, the Firefly Funhouse people are actually analogs for people on the roster and, and you know, uh, whatever. Liv Morgan's going to be Rambling Rabbit. Like, fucking don't let WWE fans near the internet too much. Well, and listen, AEW fans do the same thing, too, and a lot of it is people, like, combing through episodes of Being the Elite, a show by losers for losers, (laughs) and, like, looking in the tea leaves of codes and stuff like that there. And I say all the time on the show, wrestling booking is easy until you decide to overcomplicate it. Like, and this is overcomplicating it. Like, I like... The Drew McIntyre stuff, where it's like, I want the title. The guy who screwed me out of winning the Royal Rumble is hurt, so I can't go for him. I'm going to go for the title anyway. And he ends up beating Cody. So, like, that makes sense to me. So, like, even if Seth doesn't win, or Drew doesn't win the Seth title, and Cody wins the Roman title, Drew is already set up as the first challenger. It's almost like how wrestling is supposed to work, right? Yeah. I don't know. Rock's still cool, I guess, is the moral of the story. I guess. I think, we, I think we can all agree that no matter what we took away from Friday, it's that The Rock is so cool. I guess. Yeah, I'll take that as an agreement. What do you got? All right, so this is the all-promo version of this uh, week and whatever. Yeah. Um, The only thing I dislike more than The Rock's promo from SmackDown this past week was a UFC guy that I don't know cutting a promo on Conor McGregor on Monday Night Raw with the WrestleMania logo perfectly framed above his head. (laughs) I understand that they're all the same company now. I understand that they're going for some sort of synergy. But I don't want no UFC on my WWE. I don't want no WWE on my UFC. Let's keep these things separate. I don't want none of it. If you like your UFC, I'm sure... You know, maybe you liked this and maybe you didn't. From what I understand, Conor McGregor's like a bad person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know who this guy is, but apparently, like, he wouldn't have come out and cut a promo on Monday Night Raw to challenge Conor McGregor if they didn't have something cooking. But I don't care. Don't waste my time with this. 
Well, I will say just because UFC, they, a lot of people call out a lot of people where it doesn't actually end up being a fight. So just the fact that he called out Conor McGregor doesn't mean that he's going to fight Conor McGregor. But also, if it happens on WWE TV, it's also probably leading to something. So I'm kind of torn on that. Right. But I will say, how how crazy is it going to be when they have an actual like UFC fight in an octagon as part of WrestleMania? Because you know that while it may not happen this year, it's going to happen eventually. And it'll suck. I, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want UFC. I, keep it over there. Yeah. No, I, I had I my time to, to listen. I had my time to get into UFC when all you guys, when wrestling sucked, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody left. And I like UFC and the Ultimate Fighter and all this other stuff, right? And listen, I'm down for a good grapple fuck every now and then. But <laughs> I like a little storyline. I like a little bit of, you know, uh, a little fakeness to my fake fighting, right? Yeah. And you all left, and you all went to UFC, and then UFC started to suck, and WWE and wrestling in general started to come back on the rise, and you all came back, and you all had your UFC sensibilities. And I don't want your UFC sensibilities. Keep it away, right? I want to see people cutting promos. I want to see outrageous characters. And I know people will say, well, well, UFC at the time had those outrageous characters. That's great. I'll never know. I ain't watching no UFC. Yeah, they're all gone now. And that's why Conor McGregor still gets the buzz, even though he hasn't fought in a long time and he might not be a great person, is because he's one of the last great UFC characters, so to speak. Remember, and I'm sure there's other ones up and coming, but I just I haven't watched UFC in years. Remember there was like a six-month period within the last like three or four years where Will Ospreay decided to be, I'm going to be wrestling Conor McGregor. And yeah. then like very quickly decided like, oh, this is a bad idea, but I could kind of like, do my own thing with it and not be like on the nose Conor McGregor. I could be like outrageous Will Ospreay instead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you, if WWE had Conor McGregor, they, they'd sell like a lot of pay-per-views off of that a lot more. But then again, they had a lot of pieces of shit over the years that they made lots of money off of. So it's not changing anything. Exactly. Um, my only other thing I'm going to say is that this episode of dynamite, when I was writing down my notes, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about the rock. I'm going to talk about something else in a little bit, but I need something else. I'm sure dynamite will give me something to talk about. It always does. And I'm watching the show. I'm watching the show. I'm watching the show. And it's the second to last show before the pay-per-view. Uh, and I'm like, aside from a really, really good sting promo, not much happened on that show that is like worth talking about. So I'm a little, a little disappointed in the go home to the go home show uh, being kind of a stinker. Um, yeah, not great. I feel as though some people were off their game just a little bit. Um, you know, Tony Khan was kind of trying to get ahead of it on social media a little bit. Um, you know, that this was like one of the most like booked on the fly cards since the pandemic era, which, you know, whatever. Uh, but I had in my notes that Sting promo. That Sting promo was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm the type of guy that is going to nitpick something that I like and, if I was the producer on that or if I was involved with that, I would have been like, ah, you know, like, here's a note and here's, a, you know, here's instead of saying it like this, maybe say it like this. And then, like, even in my own head, I'm saying to myself, who am I to question what Sting wants to say in a promo? Yeah. What am I going to come up with better 
than what Sting came up with on that promo. And again, like I said, I, like the nitpicks are only things that I would nitpick, but it was a money promo. It was awesome. I'm just happy that I haven't seen anyone online actively attempting to take credit for because they didn't mention the attack and Sting's kids last week on TV that they had to like double and triple down on it this week. Or maybe you didn't see the script for all the shows leading up to the pay-per-view and maybe like week one will say this and week two will say this and week three will say this instead of just jamming everything in one promo and then having nothing for weeks two and three. (laughs) <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. All I know is I can't wait for Sting to beat the shit out of the Young Box. Yeah, and I also, after watching that promo, like I, I wasn't sitting there being like, oh, we should have said this, he should have said that. But I was like, oh, would have been cool if he wasn't even in the face paint there, you know? Because he can't, he cut a promo that was very much like the real person talking for various reasons, you know? So it would have been cool if like, maybe let's see sting in like, not without, without the paint, but that's just, again, it could have been 10 times worse if that happened. Uh, I will say I have been praising the young bucks a lot lately. And uh, you know what? I'm not alone with that. Obviously not from you, but from other people uh-huh. and stings promo was awesome. So I'm like, okay, what this, this is just the greatest build up to a farewell of sting that you could possibly imagine and then they had to go and figure out a way to make it worse which is possibly introducing rick flair into the mix well we were told that rick flair was going to be with sting until the end which was going to be the pay-per-view coming up uh in two weeks (sighs) but all that being said i don't care about rick flair exactly they're going to do a spot where like Whatever. Like, no, I haven't looked for spoilers on Rampage. I'm sure there's going to be something. I'm sure there's going to be either a turn, which we all saw coming, or a fake out of a turn that he lulled the Young Bucks into, you know, into false sense of security, and he's going to end up helping Sting. Again, put it into the bucket with with uh, with The Rock. I don't care. Listen, I liked Ric Flair more than anybody for a very long time, but I don't need to see Ric Flair in 2024. He doesn't need to be taking up time on my TV. And if this is what they got to do to get him to that point where he's off TV after the pay-per-view, whatever. I'm cool. When does that one-year contract end? (laughs) (sighs) Well, I think we were there in September, but maybe it was only six months. We don't know. Yeah. (sighs) It's just totally unnecessary. I get you brought him out for the pop a couple times, but it's like eh, he went away for a little while and he was out of sight, out of mind, and now he's back. It's not good. Exactly. You got anything else? That's all I got, Adam. All right, I got one other thing, Joe. It's time to hit that music. My life. The Lexus King moment of the week. Joe, we've we've reached that point. I, I was hoping it would never happen, but. People said it would, and I said, no, no, not going to happen. Just doing a segment on the show. Not going to work myself into a shoot. Oh, God damn it. But on this week's NXT, Lexus King faced Obafemi for the NXT North American title. And Joe, I found myself rooting for Lexus King. I did. Like, genuinely rooting for him. I'd like to say it was for the long-term success of this segment. But 
I really was hoping that he would do it. I was hoping he would pull it out. But uh, we'll talk about that as we go. But it opens up the show with both competitors in the ring. So no entrance music, which was obviously a mess. We all know how great that music is. And two, the best thing about Lexus King being on NXT is he pops up four or five times in various people's business and eventually sets up a match. And the fact that this was the opening thing on the show, to the best of my knowledge, he never appeared after the match. So we were deprived of Lexus King backstage interactions. Who's going to hit on Rock's shitty daughter if it's not Lexus King? God knows nobody else will. But it opens up the show... And I have to say that Lexus King might be the better wrestler in this match. Oh my I know God. it's not saying much. It's not saying much. Plus, commentary says Oba Femi has had less than 10 matches in his career, uh, which, again, not saying much. But, like, Lexus King might be a better wrestler by a little bit. And this match, I don't know who the face or the, the heel in this match was, but Robert Stone comes out and distracts Lexus King, leading to Obafemi hitting the pop-up powerbomb for the win in like six minutes. Uh, so poor Lexus King got kind of squashed out, but he didn't lose clean. You know, there was a distraction outside from a heel. Like, I guess Robert Stone's a heel unless they turned him babyface recently. I don't know. I guess Lexus King is kind of like his uncle Stone Cold, where he's kind of a tweener. You don't know whether he's a heel or a babyface. He's just so damn cool that, like, he can wrestle anybody. And this was your Lexus King moment of the week. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. If you start buying Lexus King merchandise, Adam, so help me God. <laughs> I would never, unless he has really cool elite. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well. It but... was fun and it was cute when I did it with LA Knight, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know this feels like a copy of a copy, which is the exact Lexus King playbook. But Joe, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a pay-per-view this weekend. I just want to look it up. Lexus King has been wrestling for six years, just so you know. And the other <laughs> guy that he was wrestling had ten matches. And they're almost even. <laughs> right. About the same. Right. Yeah. So, yes, there's a pay-per-view this weekend. It's Sammy Zane's tanking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? Yard. Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That's right, Joe. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, the World Wrestling Entertainment is holding the Elimination Chamber Perth, which is actually what they're calling it, Elimination Chamber Perth, this weekend. There are four announced matches. Do you know the card? Okay. Do I know the card? Maybe. Um, I know there's a men's and a women's elimination chamber match. Can I name everybody in those matches? Highly unlikely. Um, (laughs) Do I know that Rhea Ripley is defending her title against Nia Jax? Yes. All right, that's one. Do I know that... um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor are defending their titles against Butch and the other kid from NXT with British, and he looks like shit. Like, like he's good in the ring, but he looks like he's 100 years old. 
Um, and Butch is Pete Dunn, and the other one's Tyler Bate. Is that a name? Th- that is a name. And that's, okay. Uh, okay, yes. Now, I feel as though I have a better chance in the men's, right? Uh, elimination Chamber, okay? Six people in it, right? Yes. And I'm picturing the graphic. I see Drew McIntyre. I see the eventual winner, L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see Logan Paul. Correct. Bob Lashley. That's four. Randy Orton. That's five. And I'm trying to do, like, the elimination in my head. Like, I know it's not AJ. I know it's not Sami Zayn. There's nobody else, like, it's not like somebody stupid like Dominic Mysterio. Um, It's a borderline top guy. Everybody's a borderline top guy these days. It's a top guy in our hearts, Joe. Okay. I was going to say, it's not Gunther. I'm, like, doing process of elimination. No. (sighs) Kevin Owens? That's correct. Okay. That was an absolute guess. It was like, I was going through the, like, I knew it wasn't the Usos. I, like, I was going through who it wasn't, right? Yeah. Now, the women's, on the other hand, okay, I know Becky Lynch is in it because she's winning it, right? I know Bianca's in it. Yeah. I know Tiffany Stratton's in it. That's three. I know uh, Raquel Rodriguez is in it. That's four. I think Naomi's in it. That's five. She made a triumphant return at the Rumble, and she's on a revenge tour. So you're giving me clues. From that, I know it's Liv Morgan. There you go. That's that's, that's your roster. Because I'm like, it's not Piper Niven. It's not poor Chelsea. It's not, like, I'm going through, like, all the ones that it's, you know. Man. It'd be funny if it was Valhalla. Like, that'd be a real funny <laughs> one. Right? Yeah. But, uh, Adam, I can't believe you missed. Not a match, but announced as part of the pay-per-view is a special Grayson Waller interview segment with Cody and Seth. Oh, well, you know what? It's it's does Joe know the card, not does Joe know the, all the segments. I, I have a feeling that they're going to do something where, like, it's Grayson Waller and then Austin Theory, and then they're going to turn it into a match with Cody and Seth against Grayson Waller and uh, Austin Theory. <laughs> that's part of your dream journal? That's, no, that's no. <laughs> All right. Again, it's 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 one thing to have Cody come out. Well, I don't even know. They might. Do, so, okay, Seth might not be ready to go, so they might not do a tag match. I think we're gonna get some sort of Cody in ring action, right? Like, it's not an it's not an officially announced match, but like the segment's gonna devolve into a match with either Cody against Grayson Waller or Cody against Austin Theory. Yeah. All right, I can see that. And you said uh, who's winning the chambers? Uh, Becky. Becky's Becky's one of the women's. La Knight's women one of the men's. La Knight's not one of the men's. Hey, La Knight's one of the men's. La um, Knight's not one of the men's. <laughs> Rhea Ripley's in her hometown, so she's obviously going to retain. Nia Jack sucks, and um, there's they're not Finn and Damian Priest are not dropping the title to these two little peewees. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I pretty much agree with you across the board, but here's the thing, Joe. We're not doing a show next week. That's right. Did, 
Did you know that AEW has a pay-per-view the following weekend? What? I wasn't prepared for this. Hang on. I was already moving off all other clips. You're lucky I can't like delete stuff. My mind's not working. Hang on. There it is. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Beyond the show. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the tribal chief? Yard. Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? Parenthetically, I'll ask. I wonder if anybody else finds playing the music repeatedly as funny as you and I do. Right, <laughs> this this show is for you and I. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a way that we it. can find other like-minded individuals who like the same <laughs> dumb shit that we like, right? <laughs> exactly. All right. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, All Elite Wrestling is holding Revolution next weekend, and there are eight announced matches with nothing on the pre-show. Joe, do you know this card? Maybe. Okay. We got we talked about Sting and Darby against the Young Bucks. Yep. Uh, Samoan Joe versus Hangman versus uh, Swerve St- Strickland for the uh, world title. That's two. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Rod- Roderick Strong for the Orange Cassidy title. <laughs> That's three. Um, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston for the Eddie Kingston title. That's four. Now, I'm going to go with what I'm almost certain is like official, official, like I've seen match graphics for, right? Okay. Um, I know we're getting Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo. That's five. Did they officially announce... Um, Mox and Claudio against FTR? They did not. Okay. They were kind of teasing it on TV, so I, I, I feel as though we are getting it. Didn't they just wrestle on, on like, Rampage? Uh, they wrestled on Dynamite, but, like, oh, uh-huh. it's not, you know, uh, the, the, the thing's not settled or some shit, right? Gotcha. I'm trying to think what else there is that's been built up on TV that I'm just not remembering. Um, okay. <sighs> Christian versus uh Daniel Garcia for the TNT title. That's six. Um Takeshita versus Will Ospreay. That's seven. Yeah. Now you said eight. I have a feeling that Wikipedia might be reflecting something that may have been announced on Rampage because this is news to me, but I trust Wikipedia. So I have no idea what it could be. All right. Should I even bother acknowledge it since it might be spoilery? Yeah, go for it. Nobody watches Rampage. This this is true. Uh, It says that there is a Meat Madness match. Oh! So was that announced? Because I didn't hear about this. No. Okay, so there was a promo on Dynamite backstage where Don Callis um, said something about... uh, It was after the Wardlow promo and... uh, 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 Hobbs was there, and he just said in passing, "Meet Madness." Like I, again, I don't. I, I remember uh, that. Spoilers, yeah. whatever. Like I think it's probably just going to be like a battle royal of all like the Haas type characters. So it says, and again, I don't doubt Wikipedia, but it says Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow versus TBA. Okay. 
Yeah, so again, I don't know what it is. Like, like, and again, we'll have to wait for Rampage for the official announcement, but I, I would like it just to be a match where it's like all the big beefy dudes in there just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, throw like, uh, obviously, uh, you got to throw Butch out there, Johnny Silver, you know, another yeah. big boss. Uh, put Miro out there uh, if he wants to show up to TV. Uh, you know. Jake Hager, who decided to like show up this week to TV because they were in his hometown. Yeah, he wants basically fucking genetically enhanced Orange Cassidy. Uh, yeah, uh, put, uh, uh, what's his name? Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer. Yeah, yeah. And I saw other people like say like like you want to get crazy like um, I don't know did you mention um, fucking what's his name uh, in House of Black? Uh, oh, Brody King. Brody King. You could throw a Brian Cage in there. Uh, you could throw Satnam Singh in there. Uh, you could throw uh, uh, what's his um, uh, Big Bill in there. Like, there's a lot of big oh, yeah. beefy motherfuckers on the roster, right? Yeah. So. Again, I don't know what the match is. Nobody knows off Rampage. If it's just like a triple threat, like I think you're leaving money on the table, I think a big beef battle royal is where it's at. Have basically, and I don't know, again, what has been announced. I didn't see the spoilers. But like announce it as a Wardlow versus Hobbs match and then just have a third person, whoever it is, come out and say they want to get involved. And then just keep on sending more people out until it's just a big clusterfuck. Yeah. You know? Something. But. All right. So big predictions. For that oh, for that pay-per-view? Oh, yes, for this pay-per-view. Um, okay. Samoa Joe retains. Okay. Pinning Hangman, I hope. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still working on that. I gotta I gotta get back to TK on what the plan is. All right. Um, sadly, OC loses the belt. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. I liked, uh, on We Need Wrestling, Brett and DJ had the great idea, because obviously Orange Cassidy's running through the Undisputed Kingdom. They should have had, and maybe they did, I don't know, I didn't see Rampage. Uh, but, like, have Wardlow versus OC, and just have Wardlow beat the shit out of OC just a further week, and I'm going into the pay-per-view, you know? Yeah, we, st- we still got a collision... And a dynamite. Oh, that's for the right. Pay-per-view. There's the pay per views on s- next Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it's two weeks away. God damn it. Anything this can happen. This was your fucking bit. I know. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, dying. So I like that Hang idea on. of having Wardlow just beat the shit out of him, you know, and just maybe like they mentioned having Wardlow just walk away saying, I don't want the title, which I think diminishes the title, but I have like. Wardlow just beats the shit out of OC with the power bombs and then just does his posing to the Tron thing yeah. a little too long. And then Orange Cassidy rolls him up, you know, or, or even like he, he keeps doing it and OC keeps kicking out. He gives him a power yeah. bomb. OC kicks out, gives him a power bomb. OC kicks out. Then like he bumps the ref or the ref is like, if you do one more power bomb, you're disqualified. And he bumps the ref and he gives the one more power bomb and yeah. whatever. Right. you got to leave OC lane at the end of the show sort of thing. Yeah, and I again, I don't. I like Roddy. I think he put in a lot of great work over the last six months, and uh, I can see him being the guy to beat OC. And OC needs to change the scenery from the international title, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so OC loses the belt. Joe retains. Excuse me. Christian retains. Yep. Uh, Tony Storm retains. Yep. Eddie retains. Yeah. Um, and he gets the handshake from Brian, maybe. Um, 
I don't know. Does that I like I does that program need to continue for me? Yes. Um do both guys need to maybe move on to something different? Maybe. I don't know, right? Yeah. Like I love all of the Blackpool Combat Club and I love Eddie Kingston, but this has been going on for a while. And I'm not uh-huh. saying that like it's none of it's been bad, but let's let's get Eddie Kingston over onto other stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh Will Osprey has to win against Takeshita. Unless and- somehow the Cal's family turns on him. You know? Yeah, that's the only thing. Like, I, I, like, so how about coming out of the pay per view? Will Osprey is no longer associated with the Don Callis family, and very clearly a baby face. How about that? Yeah. That, Os- I, yeah, I was gonna say like he could have Osprey win, and like for whatever reason that pisses off Callis. But it's it's tough because it's like why would Callis care if one of his guys goes over the other one? You know, it's, somebody's yeah. got to win. And I think Sting and Darby retain. And that's the only one that I'm a little apprehensive about because uh, the Young Bucks are pricks. And I could see them or, like, the story coming out that, like, oh, this is what Sting wanted us to be the ones to retire him or something, right? But isn't a cooler story that Sting goes out in his retirement on top, holding a title on pay-per-view in a 17,000-plus filled-to-capacity building? Because you I assume this is closing the show, right? That's what I was literally about to say. This is this needs to close the show. Sting and Darby retain. You have the confetti falling from the entire building. And, and like even if the show goes off the air and you want to have people come out for a curtain call, you know whether it's on air or off air, having like the roster come out or people from Sting's pastors, kids or whatever, you know you want to do that like after a win. You don't want to have the Bucks celebrate and then like a beaten and battered Sting and Darby get up and then start like getting cheered. Exactly. And uh, you know we said it's been said around this network a bunch of times. Uh, Tony loves tournaments so you know you can have some type of tournament to crown the new tag champs or whatever or darby's still the champion he gets to pick a new partner or yep. number one contenders for the vacated championships and darby gets a buy in like a million different ways let's not worry about the uh, past the pay-per-view sting has to win but i don't trust the young bucks they're scumbags yeah the only thing I might disagree with Jan is I, I I don't know where I feel as far as the the world title the men's world title thing you know I, Hangman's not winning it I, and that that's no knock on Hangman I love the fucking scumbag Hangman over the last couple of weeks but I also feel like putting Samoa Joe in front of Swerve might have cooled down Swerve a little bit because Joe is just so goddamn cool too. You know, like Swerve is normally the by far the coolest person in the ring with anybody, but Joe's been pretty badass. So like if you asked me a week or two ago, I would have said, and I have said, Swerve's winning this, and if he, they don't, they're making a huge mistake, but I've come around a little bit. Like I'm like, maybe Joe steals the victory. You know, it sucks to say the champ is stealing it, but like maybe Joe gets a, a win where he he chokes out Hangman because Hangman's too obsessed with Swerve. But man, I'm just rooting for Swerve all the time. It's my nature. We could, like I said, this one we could litigate until we're blue in the face. Cancel phone calls. Cancel weekly purchases. Cancel the rest of the show. Right? Mm-hmm. I got positives and negatives to all three of them winning. Right? But the only thing is, is we have this thing that's hanging over our head. That Wembley Stadium all in in August is almost been telegraphed that Will Ospreay is winning the belt. Mm-hmm. 
Do I want Swerve to have a five-month reign and lose to Will Ospreay? Or do I want Swerve to, like, be the guy that chases Will Ospreay afterwards and then him and Will Ospreay get to have, like, an elevated program? Um, I think if... My thought process is, is like, if you're going to put the belt on Swerve next weekend, you need to be ready to run with him. Like, he needs to be the champion as long as, if not longer, than MJF. I... I disagree because I think we need to maybe stop with the the one year, the year and a half world title reigns for a little bit. Okay. And there's no shame in having a five month long title reign between now and Wembley. That's a long fucking time in wrestling. Right. And again, I don't know what the plan is, but as I mentioned, if I'm creative at world at AEW and my pitch is swerve doesn't win the belt at the pay-per-view I better have the most amazing six-month program lined up for Swerve afterwards. And if Swerve is one of the belt, and the plan still is to have whoever the champion is lose the belt to Osprey at Wembley Stadium, you better make Swerve the strongest champion in that five and a half months before he loses the belt to Osprey. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. Have him be a goddamn star for those five months, but yeah, I, I don't think that it's an it would be a bad thing if you crown swerve and then take the belt off in five months you know mm-hmm. i feel like we're in an era of because roman is in like a seven year reign and we just came off of mjf having the belt for over a year that somehow somebody having like the next person doesn't have to top the previous reign it doesn't have to constantly be a pissing contest so maybe my maybe my hang up is is that we kind of all know in the back of our head that it doesn't like all the title matches that happen between now and Wembley don't matter because Will Ospreay's winning the belt at Wembley. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like I want to be able to enjoy Swerve's reign again, even if it is only five and a half months, if Osprey, maybe they could be fucking us and we get Osprey versus Swerve at Wembley and Osprey win or and Osprey loses, right? And I'll be happy that Swerve won the belt at Revolution. One of the biggest shows that AEW ever did in the United States. And he goes and defends it at one of the biggest shows that they did internationally. And he beats, like, the guy who's touted as, like, their next big star. And then you could rebuild Osprey. I just want to see if whatever plan you're coming up with, I want to see that next six months of whatever you have for Swerve. And it better be the best fucking six months in the world. And I disagree kind of with the notion that Osprey is penciled in or, or, or written in an ink to win the world title at Wembley. Like you have the triple crown that you can very easily put on Osprey and like, Hey, that has the ring of honor world title that has a AEW title and that has a new Japan title. in it. like, that's a very prestigious title that you can put on him. You can put the international title. The, the, the British crowd wants to see Osprey in a big match. It doesn't necessarily mean he has to beat the world champion because by that time you might have Okada on the roster. You know, it's like I get that the the mindset is that like, well, Osprey has to be world champion within a couple months. You know, I there's no reason why you can't have some other world title picture and still have Osprey like winning a big belt that isn't the world title. I'm not saying Osprey needs to win the TNT title or anything like that, but there's there's a lot of other belts that we've been conditioned to believe are as important as the world title. And I'll just to kind of wrap this up, let's revisit this in five and a half months. 
fine. And if I'm wrong, yeah. And it's Will you. Ospreay versus Roderick Strong for the international title. <gasps> well, I mean, but, uh, or it's or it's Eddie Kingston versus Will Ospreay, or it's whoever the Triple Crown champion is, or yeah. if it's you know whatever, right? I'll I'll eat my John Cena hat live on air. <laughs> All right, somebody remind us. All right. Uh, well, let's I get. Got... Oh, what was that? I just said that's all I got for that. All right, let's get into some phone calls. Yep. Hey, Adam. Hey, Joe. It's Matt Fish here. Calling in. Um, this is the official Madam Web hotline. That's right. I uh, <laughs> just want to say some movie in IMAX, and boy, you don't miss a whole thing of this very weird movie. Um, I wanted to say that it's weird because, like, it's a bad movie, but it goes so fast. It's more like a fever dream. And Sydney Sweeney's in it, and she's, like, I guess really hot, but they portray them as, like, she's, I guess, 17, which, you know, makes me feel really uncomfortable, but, like, you know, that's not it. But she wears glasses the whole time, and they do the, well, she can't be dumb. She wears glasses thing. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say that the main role, Dakota Johnson, is played so weird because, She's delivering lines really deadpan, and she has really weird, awkward moments, and she hangs out with the guy who plays Ben from Parks and Rec, which makes me feel like, was this role for somebody else? Like, was this Aubrey Plaza, and they decided not to give her the role? Yeah, but overall, very weird movie. Um, one of the worst Ezekiel roles ever. Yes. Uh, he does that weird Ezekiel pose, and then... I guess he gets killed the same way that the Canadian did in the in the Watchmen movie, but then uh, he gets let down by Pepsi, and we know a bunch of people who are let down and you know really like Pepsi. But overall, <laughs> weird movie, no post credit scene. Um, cool to see the costumes. Let him go through the whole like, hey, let's um, you know have a whole subplot about finding powers, but uh, no cool memes coming out of it. Which kind of stinks because uh, Morbius was one of the memes, but you know, Madam Web, uh, hashtag Webhead. Hopefully, you guys have a great show. Looking forward to listening to it. Can I hear Ed's call about Madam Web? Take care. Rock and roll. Thank you, uh, Gary. From I mean, uh, Matt uh, from someplace in New York. Um, now, Adam, this is highly unlikely. Now, usually we wait till the end, but Matt did say this is the Madam Web hotline. Uh huh. So I am going to play Ed's three calls about Madam Web right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Hey, Joan, Adam, it's Ed. I don't think I've ever done this before. I'm literally listening to this right now and hit pause, right? So I could call you and tell you about what you just said. <laughs> and uh, Adam, I don't mean this any disrespect to you. I think you're very good at what you do. But you explaining the Thea Hale, J.C. Jane, Riley Osborne, Brian Pillman Jr., like, all of that was, I've never hated anything more in my fucking life than hearing J.C. Jane teaching Dia Hale to play hard. To, I hate this shit. That's, I fucking hate it. And it's not you. It's the content of what it is. I don't... All right. That's the worst shit I've ever fucking heard in wrestling. You know that, right? That's fucking yes. terrible. Oh, my God. People that watch NXT should be ashamed of themselves. That's... Oh, my God. That's so fucking bad. 
That's so bad. That's got to be the worst wrestling show in the world. I didn't even see it. I just heard you talk. I'm this mad hearing you talk about it. That's how fucking bad this is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please stop this bit. I can't handle... I'm. You're taking years off my fucking life. <laughs> Quit doing this bit, please. Okay, bye. I, I honestly thought all three of Ed's calls would have been about uh, uh, Madam Webb. Yeah, no, I'm kind of surprised there, but uh, I, oh man, I'm in a conundrum here because on one hand, I want young Ed to to feel good and not be mad, but on the other hand, like I mentioned earlier in the show, like this is evolving into something, so I have to mm. keep doing it. Right, <laughs> I didn't me... really talk about the other things that happened on NXT this week, though. Well, again, you didn't talk about the other things because Alexis yeah, King wasn't involved in a bunch of other things like he usually is. Yeah. Uh, but Ed, Ed, if you were wondering, they did show Thea Hale and JC Jane backstage, and apparently Thea took JC Jane's advice too seriously because they went out on their Valentine's dates, and Thea was like, I, "I the entire date, I was on my phone and I was just showing him that I wasn't like too bought into this, and then like when he wanted to like." Uh, like leave later. He wanted to pay for dinner. Like we split the check because I wouldn't let him pay for it. You know, and like JC Jane was like, "Are you kidding me? Why'd you do that?" And that was the whole bit. And then some girl who's dressed like a beauty queen. She has a sash across her chest that says "Bis NXT." She showed up and tried giving Thea advice. And I think they had a match, or they're gonna have a match. But uh, all of the the matches that happen in the women's division of NXT are based on backstage boy drama. So. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> In case you were wondering, Ed, let's let's play Ed's next call. Hopefully, it's more upbeat. Yeah. Hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. Um, I just got home from Adam Webb. Um, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was good, but I think this was not as as bad as people made it out to be. It's definitely funny. Um. I like that they swore. Uh, they did swears in that. That was cool. Uh, Sydney Sweeney looked confused. That was dope. Um, I like how her entire personality changes uh, at, at, in that last scene, where she uh, the, the way she speaks, uh, <laughs> what things she would say, they're all completely different than they were the entire movie. That is cool. That is good stuff. I think it's better than Morbius. I thought that was better than Morbius. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was, I'll never watch it again. And it was, I mean, it was bad, but it's, it was, that's definitely not the worst comic book movie I've ever seen. Have you ever seen uh, The One Shack? What is it, Steel? Yeah, that's that was bad. That's bad. It's on Tubi. Oh, my good. Okay, bye. Alright. It does call, I know the next one is about Madam Web, so. Hey, Joan Adam, it's Ed. One, one more thing about Madam Web, and if you guys are listening, I'm gonna, if you're gonna be judgy, I need you, to, I do need you to fast forward a bit. Um, I want a sequel. I really do. I want to see them be Spider Girls. They didn't even. There was like two seasons of them with spider powers, and and normally I'd be like, well, there's no chance that happens because it's such a bomb. But it's these Sony movies, so I think it might, and I would watch it if they did a sequel. Where they they had powers, I would I would watch it. Maybe they could they can fight Spider-Man villains. I don't know, fight Big Wheel or Slide. 
These are all dumb. These are all good. I don't know. I would watch it. I would. I just want to see Sydney Sweeney be Spider-Girl and, and then the other two that aren't Sydney Sweeney. The one is Dora the Explorer, I think, right? In that movie. I thought for Dora the Explorer be Spider-Girl. And then the other one is Spider-Girl Skateboard. That's cool. I've watched that. Uh, I don't need Madam Web in it, though. I'm, I've had enough Dakota Johnson. I'm good. <laughs> that wasn't that great. But I've watched, I've watched the sequel. Okay, bye. The funny thing is, though, I will say, I I am a man of, of many, uh, <laughs> I've, I've Googled many things over my years, but I've never Googled Sydney Sweeney. I've never typed those words into my browser. Right. But for whatever reason, Facebook only shows me posts of Sydney Sweeney, and I'm fine with it. But, like, I also think that, like, as soon as it shows you one, if you linger a little too long on that picture, Facebook is like, aha, we got something here, and it just shows you more. Uh, so I, I've, I'm just steering into it, and I'm just starting to save them to my phone now. So I'm going to send them to Ed every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just funny how, like, every third post on Facebook is just, here's Sydney Sweeney. Yeah, I don't get that. I usually get just, like, comic book stuff on Facebook, the far and few between times that I'm on there. But, um, yes, yeah, sadly, um, the Madam Web movie being a bomb, uh, there's rumor and innuendo that, like, any of the future Lady Spider people movies, even a Silk movie, if you know who Silk is in the greater Spider-Verse. I know of Silk. Right, she's uh, Peter Parker's long-lost sister. Um, but all of that has been canceled and taken off the schedule due to the poor performance of, uh, Madam Web. And I'd say that's a shame, you know, you know, and, I think like, like they're putting all the blame on poor Madam Web, like Morbius isn't getting any of the heat or like yeah. Venom 2 or what happened to Craven? Is Craven still coming out? Craven's coming out allegedly in October. Yeah. All right. Allegedly. I, I don't think I've ever seen Dakota Johnson in like anything since the movie where she like got choked by a rich guy. Right. Like that was the only other thing I've ever seen her in. And they yeah. have like three of those. Yeah. They did uh, the 50 shades of gray movies. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Those aren't for me. Yeah. All right. Like I said, we went out of order there, but again, you know, we wanted to get all the Madam web content together. Let's get back to some more phone calls. eh? Yep. Hello, gentlemen, Kevin oh, here. All right. Let's, let's talk about it. So I'm sitting there Saturday night, and I see online, Velveteen Dream is suddenly trending. Why? Why on earth? Oh, because some random indie promotion decided to bring him back. I'm like, jeez, oh, that's a joke. That's silly. That's stupid. Here's an indie promotion I'll never support. Oh, wait. It turns out it's the indie promotion that I did the ring announcing for back in December. All right. Great. I feel a little guilty. I feel a little embarrassed and very curious, too. So I start looking into the situation and I'm looking into people's posts and I'm searching on social medias. Now, to go back, um, I did not hear anything back from them after I did the ring announcing. I did the one show and it was, hey, nice job. Um, send us your Venmo. Pay you. Okay, I have not heard anything from anyone since. All right, whatever. I agreed to do it for free. I agreed to do it as a one-off. I had fun. If it became something else, cool. You know, I said it from the beginning. If it became something else, great. If not, I got to do it once. That was cool. 
messaged the person who messaged me first, not the owner, but the person who messaged me first month, six weeks ago. Hey, am I working this next show? Never heard anything back. Absolutely ghosted. Nothing. All right, fine. I guess I'm not doing the show. And I was fine with it. I was a little bothered. I didn't hear, you know, that someone could have just say no. <laughs> just give me a heads up, but whatever. Then there I am Saturday, seeing all this stuff happen. And I thought, I'm glad. I am glad. I'm glad no one contacted me. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I had nothing to do with it. And I'm really glad they didn't take my kit. Because I was debating on I had I had a good time and I felt comfortable at that one show. And I thought, I'll bring my kit. Even if I'm working I feel safe and comfortable around these people that, that he would be safe and comfortable as well. Nope. Nope. All right. Let's let's look at the internet. The joy that is the internet. Oh, Velveteen Dream was never found guilty of anything. No. No, he, he wasn't. All right. You're right there. Um, Vince McMahon wasn't found guilty of anything either. A lot, a lot of paperwork there, though, isn't there? So is Velveteen Dream found guilty? No. Does he have a record of being an asshole? I went back and rewatched a little bit of Tough Enough. Guy's an asshole. Does he have a record of doing things? Does he have a lot of charges? Did he come out? Oh, he apologized. He didn't apologize for shit. He said, I've, I've moved on. Everyone else should. That's what he said. The only reason I have not deleted contacts and following for this promotion is I'm just watching what happens right now. And as soon as I feel like anything that's going to happen has happened then I'm deleting them all I'm not going to the show and honestly someone that I was friends with I appreciated when they were running shows I'm like stop working for them stop working for them everyone has their line my line is kids I don't watch Law and Order SVU I don't watch Criminal Minds and I don't support wrestlers like that nor the promotions that book them I do support you guys on Patreon though <laughs> I'll get that in here. Thanks for letting me rant, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah, just like when Kevin, um, as he had mentioned, it was the promotion that he got a chance to do ring announcing for back in December. And then they were the subject of uh, some discussion over the weekend uh, due to who they decided to book, right? Yeah. Fucking scumbags better fucking pay him his money. That's all I say. Well. Or to pay Velveteen Dream, you know? (laughs) Thank you for sending Ugh. me those pictures, by the way. What's that? So thank you for sharing those pictures. You want me to send those <laughs> yeah, to no Ed, problem. or did you already send them to Ed? I don't have a way to contact Ed, so I'll just give them to you to give them to Ed. All right, I could do that. Now, <laughs> again, I want to play the next call here as well. Um, I'm going all out of order with the phone calls today before I really get into what Kevin had to say there. All right. Hi, guys. It's TTT. Uh I have another toy report, report again. And good lesson for you husbands out there. Always do your toy shopping before you do the wife's grocery list. But, you know, I decided to get something that I always wanted as a kid but never had. That feels like as much as I love Masters of the Universe, that does feel like what I do when I buy stuff. Like the one of the ones that uh, I really got with the old classics line from the late um, 2000s to the mid-2010s was Lizard Man. I loved that character as a kid, and they never made a figure for him. So, of course, I had to get that one. And this one, I got the Wind Raider, $10. 
I don't know, you know, Adam may be laughing at me about that because he's the hundred dollar man, but it made me happy. And also, Joe, what may be of interest to you, since I was down by Ollie's, I stopped at the exchange store. And for some reason, there was one Shakara DVD, a three-disc set, the best of 2009. And just so happened to have the B matches that I don't already have on DVD, so I picked it up. So, you know, hopefully you get a warm, fuzzy feeling because you worked on, on that show, those shows. And Mike Quackenbush doesn't get any money, which seems to be important to you. Although, I, around that time that I was calling you about that issue with him and trying to get clarification, I was talking with a more conservative guy at uh, work about it, and he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, so this guy is so awful, and this guy, Leonard, who worked with him day in and day out for years, didn't know about it, or he what, didn't do anything about it? Because he wanted to play wrestling star? Does his wife look down on him for being less of a man and not doing the right thing? And, you know, considering that when you finally did give me an answer, you didn't actually say, Mike Quackenbush is said to have growth or... So, TTT left a very long call, and it got cut off. And uh, I, I just want to say this uh, to TTT. Obviously, you have you seem to have a problem with me, and I got no problem if you have a problem with me. And obviously, it's because of like your supreme fandom of Mike. Um, but don't suppose what my wife thinks of me, um, in any way, shape, or form, please. Uh, also, I did not work day and day with Mike. I, I would see Mike once, maybe three times a month. I never went to the school. Anything that I saw, I commented on. I wasn't trying to, I, I didn't look the other way to try to play wrestling superstar like you and your conservative friend from work go. And listen, Mike's out there right now, grifting for all the money in the world. Go give him all of your money. You don't need my okay to do this. Just like Mike has not been charged guilty of anything, but he's got a lot of baggage to him. And a lot of that baggage came within the last, like, four or five years. Velveteen Dream wasn't accused of anything. And even if we take away the stuff with possibly sending pictures, possibly grooming teenage boys and girls, if we just go to the thing of him being a pain in the ass and losing his job, you know, and openly talking about, like, him and other wrestlers doing coke, and him being alleged to trying to record people while they were going to the bathroom at other people's houses, and he just gets to hand wave them and say, I'm moving away from them, and so should everyone else. Well, that's your decision if you want to support someone like him. Just like today, I saw a Facebook post of the Young Bucks dad, or a tw uh, Instagram post of the Young Bucks dad encouraging All Elite Wrestling, the company that his kids are allegedly the EVPs of, to rehire and book. Marty Skrull. Now listen, Marty Skrull wasn't convicted of anything, but he certainly did a lot of shady shit. And he certainly did try to talk back legal age limits and plying people with alcohol when they're under 16. And that if that's your guy, then that's your guy. 
but you got to be ready to accept the baggage that comes along with it. I'm nobody's guy. I'm my guy. I'm my family's guy. I'm my wife's guy. I'm my kid's guy. Everything else is all bullshit. And like I said, TTT, you seem really hung up. I don't know exactly how you want me to say that I personally would not work for Mike Quackenbush today, knowing what I know has happened in the last four to five years. And I saw Mike within the last year and I was cordial to him. He was with his son. I was cordial to his son. And we both went our separate ways. Wrestling didn't come up, but I wasn't going to say, hey, Mike, I see you running shows and I see you're training people again. And I see you're doing this. Give me work. And he didn't ask me. I think Mike knows that I don't want to work from him. He don't want me to work for him. And that's our, that's our thing. And TTT, you support whoever you want, but I will just ask, don't suppose what my wife thinks of me because she worked for Chikara too. And Mike was nicer to her than anyone in the history of Chikara because she helped make money regarding the merch. The one thing that Mike cared about. When did wrestling become a business? It's always been a business, right? Yeah. But again, give all of your money to Mike Quackenbush. I will not think of you one way more or less of the other, but that's your decision to make. That's all. Yeah. And I'll be less polite than Joe, even. I'll say, fuck off, man. Stop calling. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You know? We do have one last call. Cool. Uh, hi, Adam or Joe or whoever the guest is. It's, it's Bong Van Dam. Uh, long time, first time. Um, I'm calling to say The Rock sucks. Or Saul sucks. He's always sucked. I've known him since I was like 10 years old and he came back to fight John Cena. Uh, bro's washed even now. I think the best thing he should just do is just like go fuck off somewhere. Like, I don't know. Maybe he should go like deliver like Chinese food or something. Like, I need someone to drop off my mushu pork right now. Like, I've been waiting like two hours for fucking mushu pork. You know, he's always, he's always making Chinese food jokes anyway. So I guess the rock should just go and deliver Chinese food. He's a fucking bum. Man, I don't know. All right, guys, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. I do not, I do not agree call. with him. <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree with him. You know, obviously, um, you know, I don't think The Rock is going to be dusting off any of the, uh, you know, it, we could dust off the, the homophobic and sexist stuff in 2024, but the racist stuff, I don't think he's going to dust off in 2024. But hey, The Rock could prove me wrong. Um, I, I, the main reason I wanted to play that, and thank you for calling, uh, Bong Van Dam. Um, but, um, you know, when he, when he said, like, oh, I, I knew The Rock was no good when he came back the first time to fight John Cena when I was 10. <laughs> Fucking baby. Like, like just a bunch of little kids out there. I don't mean that, like, insulting. Like, they're just all, like, pups compared to us. Oh. It's, it's nice to have a reminder of who our audience is and how old we are. <laughs> You know, and so yeah. much of wrestling podcast is old men yelling about it used to be better, you know? Yeah. And I like to think that we're like not the oldest men out there, you know? I don't Joke, like, like what uh, all like shittiness aside, like, like Cornette to you is what like we are to these people. <laughs> like yeah. as far as like an old man talking about wrestling yeah. and schooling us about the past. I like to think that, like, I'm kind of modern and progressive with my thoughts and 
wrestling. Like, listen, I like the old stuff, but I like the new stuff too. Come on, everybody. I'm a fun old man, right? Yeah, like, what up, young people? Yeah. <laughs> Chevy meme. I, instead of the thing that says rock band, I just have a shirt that says wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Joe, you're so old. I'm glad that I'm not that old. Yeah, you're the youthful one. You're the shot. I'm the youthful exuberance on Logbox Heroes. You're the youthful exuberance over here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. All right. all right. So plugs and all that sort of jazz. Um, when we come back and record a live show, will we be talking about the debut episode of Dark Side of the Ring? Yes, we will. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, March 5th. March 5th, and then we record on March 7th, so the first episode will have been out. You know, they I don't know if this was, like, the release order, but, like, maybe it's Chris Adams. I don't know. Chris Adams got an interesting story. All right. I, I might need to, uh, to, to, like, acquire those episodes somewhere because I don't believe Google uh, or YouTube TV has Vice anymore, or it never oh. did. Yeah, well, Vice uh, today had some issues where, like, all their stuff is being deleted and the website shutting down. So uh, yeah. who knows if the TV show will still happen? We'll find out, right? <laughs> yeah, well, let's all find out in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll also say, you know, of course, upcoming LVAC events. When I find out more of them and stuff that's going on with them, they're in the middle of a big move. They're moving to their new place in Bath, PA, um this weekend is the big move and honest to god if i wasn't on a plane to miami this weekend i'd be absolutely helping the crew there uh follow the adventure of them and everything that they're doing on all their social media and stuff like it's going to mean big things for them as a company and that's that's the reason why there hasn't been any local shows at the beginning of the year uh moving in their new spacious digs has taken importance you know yeah Go help out, get some free swag. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but May 11th, Country Club Brewery in Bethlehem, July 21st at the Mahoning Drive-In, and August 6th at the uh, Reading, Lehigh Valley, Iron Bigs, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And I still don't think the December show is up, available <laughs> to stream or purchase. But you gotta check. Nope, it's not up yet. Bastards. Any day now. Any, Any day, day now. Um, of course, you know, if it is streaming, it'll be streaming over at Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IWTV. If you're a new subscriber to their service, use the promo code at odds. It'll let Jerry know that you came to him from us. And if you keep your subscription with them and they got big stuff coming up for Mania Weekend, we'll get a little bit of a kickback uh, for that as well. Uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your eBay purchases through our eBay affiliate link. Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. And also this weekend, as this episode is dropping, uh, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, is the 35% off sale over at Tee Public? Get uh, shirts and all sorts of other things with designs inspired by this show, inspired by the soon to be named network, a bunch of other shows on there. Uh, the Brainchild Bad Terry Lies shirts that came up. Uh, go purchase them. I don't know. Go get stickers. Go get a cell phone cover that says Bad Terry Still Lies or something, <laughs> you know? I wonder if they have stuff for the pixel. I'm going to have to look into that. All right. 
But you know what? These podcasts have plenty of things for Pixels, and they're Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hayabusi, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. I agree, and this as yep. well. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> oh, I love those so much. Shout out, Marcus. Shout out, Tim. All right, Joe, best part of the show? Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 So, Joe, did you buy anything? Adam, I didn't purchase nothing. I'm going on vacation this weekend. I bought a plane uh, plane flight back and forth. I bought a cruise. I'll probably buy shit on the cruise. I don't know. We're kicking the tires whether or not we're going to get the drink package or the full drink package. But we haven't done anything like that yet. Look at you being responsible. All right. I am well, a responsible Joe, one. Yeah. I didn't buy anything either. What? I didn't. I mean, I, I bought a Funko today. There was a Target Con Hal Jordan as a Red Lantern, which is kind of cool. So I had to grab that, but that doesn't count. I don't bring up Funkos unless they're wrestling related. I didn't buy any any figures. I didn't pre-order anything. I didn't buy any wrestling figures. Didn't find anything in the wild. I've looked. Uh, you know, I'm actually, now that I'm working in Wilkes-Barre, like I'm hitting up their Target a little bit more often than I used to and on the way home and just just nothing. I didn't get anything. A little bit of a drought, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's rough. But I will say, as a follow-up to a discussion, I think it was either last week or the week before, uh, I did get uh, my replacement Three Faces of Foley from Ringside. Cool. And uh, I had reached out to him, and I, like, pointed out that, uh, hey, it's all damaged. I showed him the pictures of the box, and they're like, no problem. But uh, in that original email, I asked them, Hey, is there a specific shipping tier I can sign up for or I can purchase where you will, instead of sending the figure in the original Mattel shipping box, like you'll put it in another box? Like like I'm willing to pay extra. Like if you tell me this particular option costs $5 more, but will protect your item, like let me know. And I had included that question very politely in the email showing the damage. They responded to the email saying, hey, no problem. We'll go ahead and send you a replacement. Here's the shipping label for the damaged one. But they no-sold me on my my shipping question. Completely ignored it. Uh, so the, the replacement arrived. Once again, it was only shipped in the original Mattel sh- sorting box. Mm. Uh, however, this one was treated better by the post office. So uh, it passes the, the jeweler's loop. If I ever get it signed, I'd be happy. Now, I question, obviously, um, do they put, um, like, do you, I haven't had anything, like, of that size, or at least that I've paid attention to, arrive at my house in a little bit. Um, I wonder if, between the last one and this one, they, there was, like, a different shipping that they paid for, so that, like, it's the sign to the post office not to, like, just step on it? Um. They were both sent to me by the post office. So, 
Like, right, I but I was wondering, like, obviously, like, if you send something priority sure. versus if you send something first class versus if you send something media mail. Media mail, they throw that box around, they sleep on it, whatever. Yeah, no, I got you. I I think they were both the same class because I feel like they took the same amount of time. You okay. know, I always had the tracking numbers into my little app to keep track of stuff. Uh, and I don't feel like one of them was quicker than the other or whatever. You know, they kind of took the same amount of time. So I feel like they were set the same means. I just think I got more lucky on the second one. That's all. And again, you know, and obviously the way that you broached this subject, I think you could tiptoe around. Uh, you are still in the, the major toy boy face group, Facebook group? I am, yeah. I would maybe like start a, try to start a discussion just like, hey, I got these things and, you know – whatever and i reached out to ringside and i said hey is there like a higher tier that i could pay for you know have you tried this has ringside said yes has ringside said no have you found a way that maybe like when i make my order like this it ships this way or when i make my order like this it ships stomped on right yeah because there's a lot of people in there that order and love and thank ringside for letting them buy pick figures at an up uh, an upcharged price <laughs> so one can only imagine, um, and obviously the, the three faces of Foley thing is a little bit different, but typically when I get something, it's an elite, it's an AEW figure, I'm paying the extra to have it come in a defender. So there's that little bit of added protection there. But I don't know, do they sell defenders for something like a three, I, three faces of Foley thing? Uh, I, ringside does not, but if you remember, I, there's a Katana collectibles, not a sponsor, uh, has a website and they're on eBay. They custom make them and like for various different things. And they had made one for the old Jack's, uh, three pack, which I have, you know, so once I got that signed, I got the defender or vice versa. Uh, so I'm sure it's only a matter of time before they are offering, uh, a, a case for the new one, you know, which I will buy whenever it does pop up. But uh, I don't believe rings ringside doesn't offer it through their checkout or on the page of the item. So I doubt that they have it, you know? Okay. I was they just wondering. Yeah. They don't generally make defend or offer defenders if they're just for a one-time product, you know, because okay. it's not like there's going to be another three pack in the foreseeable future that would be the same size, you know? Yeah. Cause like, I was just wondering, like I'm looking here, you know, like I pulled up like whatever the ultimates are and you could get it shipped in a defender or not. And I pulled up like the, the showdown two packs and there's yeah. no defender for those, right? There's no yeah. defender option for those, but you would think that maybe they sell enough of those things that they would maybe invest in looking at something like that. Right. Sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's just because no two ring tie, ringside exclusives are, are generally the same size, you know? Very yeah, few just, are, at least. Yeah, I, just, I was just wondering aloud, just a thought to throw into the Facebook group to see if anyone has any ideas or experiences or anything like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, going back to that, like, I, I don't generally bring up that kind of stuff in the group. I don't post in there at all anymore, but, like, when I used to bring up complaints about condition um you know even if it was like kind of jokingly complaining you know like less like with less vitriol than i might do on the podcast like just be like oh huh this got stomped what are you gonna do like the general response in that group was one of two things it was either why are you bringing it up in a facebook group just contact ringside they'll make it right 
which I get, yes, they did, but that, that's not helping me with future issues. Uh, or you would get the snarky Lucy collectors that would be like, it's a toy. It's meant to be open. Who cares what the box looks like? And those types of people with that attitude, I just want to reach through their computer and just smack them. Um, but like that, once you get enough of those responses, you just stop asking questions in there. You know? Okay. I was just, you know, seeing if there was a way, if there was another something, but yeah, no, I got you. Yeah. But hey, the moral of the story is I got a I got a minty three pack that I'll get signed one of these days, hopefully. And that's the most important thing. Exactly. But I only bring up that story so that there's something here because I didn't buy anything. And uh collapsible seg, Joe. Yeah. Collapsible seg that took fifteen minutes. <laughs> that's the story of my life. Exactly. All right. Hey, everyone, thank you very much for listening. This was uh, episode 281 of At Odds with Wrestling. Uh, For Adam, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.